guys welcome and welcome back to the podcast i've been meaning to watch that i am one of your co-hosts monica and we're joined by our awesome co-host glenn say hi glenn hi guys hi. everyone guys today is another day another pod before we get started don't forget to follow us on instagram follow us on tiktok you know don't forget to you know like us on facebook because we're on facebook too subscribe to our youtube channel we have full video uh episodes and we also upload highlights and reels as well and this week we're going to be talking about underrated tv shows we're going to talk about some tv shows that we really like that aren't talked about a lot or dis- aren't discussed very often and you know just get into that but before we get into that we're going to talk about can we to watch which is where we talk about movies, TV shows that are coming out soon that we cannot wait to see. And mine is A League of Our Own. It's coming out August 12th. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. I used to love that movie. And now the TV show is coming out and all my girls are in it, you know? And I'm very excited. I know it's going to be super good, super funny, and just like heartwarming, girl bus teens. Like, it's going to be great. I'm very excited for it. I cannot wait. I love Abby Lee Jacobson. I think she's amazing. She is so gorgeous. I'm so happy for her. And yeah, I'm excited to watch that. It also reminds me, I need to watch After Party on Apple TV because Alana Glazer's in it. And so is Sam Richardson and Ben Schwartz and Dave Franco. Dave Franco, he's a very good comedic actor. I have to say, I like him a lot. I think he's very funny. And he's still really handsome, but he's a great actor just all together. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Glenn, what are you excited for? Or what's something you can't wait to watch? Um, Miss Marvel starts tomorrow. Yeah. That's all I got. Well, not oh tomorrow, gosh. but like, you know, Miss Marvel starts. Um Oh, I'm spilling my tea all over the place. But yes. Oh my, oh Sorry. my goodness. I'm wet. I'm wet. But I'm so excited. I, I feel the same way. Oh my gosh. Uh, finally. Yes. Come on, Marvel. Give it I've to been us. Waiting. We will not have to wait much longer because she is coming and we are ready for it. And also She-Hulk is coming out soon. I think She-Hulk is one of the longer ones of the Marvel TV shows because apparently it's like 10 episodes, I think. I think so, yeah. I am a little concerned because of the CGI in the trailer. That has me kind of like, mm. but I'm still excited nonetheless. And also Megan Thee Stallion is in it, so... I'm excited to see yeah. how she's in it. She's probably just like, she made like, maybe she hope goes to like a Megan Thee Stallion concert or like she meets her in the street or something like that. Or like, I don't know. But I was going to say, I, Megan is busy. Like, yeah. she has places to be. She isn't like a main character in this or nothing. Yeah. She is booked and busy. And honestly, I can't wait for that. I love that for her. Oh my gosh. But then again, if any studio has the money to keep Megan around, it would be Marvel. Yeah, I do hope that I like. I know this has become a thing where it's like, oh, you want your actor to be in a Marvel movie, but then it's like, it's kind of overdone. But I would like to, you know, see Megan in a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For the culture. Yes. Also, there's a new Netflix show called First Kill that's out now. It's sapphic and it's about a vampire and a vampire hunter, and they fall in love. And already my timeline has been talking about it they've been eating it up between this show and uh our flag needs death getting a season two Mm -hmm. and then what we do in the shower is gonna get season five and season six announcement happy pride happy pride listen because everything else that's going on in the news 
it's not good but that that's a little bit of joy for you guys that's a little bit of happiness also there's a new show on hbo max called irma vep i try to read the synopsis i didn't really get it i'm not gonna lie it's about an actress who goes to paris and she's in a role the first episode already dropped i think i'm gonna start watching it just to see what it's about i i'm not gonna lie when a new show comes out and i don't know or i don't understand the premise of it just from the plot or from the trailer it's kind of like now i have to watch the show because mm-hmm. i have to know what's going on people are starting to do that on purpose it's kind of funny yes thank you so much for like that's the one thing i don't like about trailers i think i said this i said this in a, in a podcast a long time ago but i felt this way strongly towards like the top gun trailer because if mm-hmm. you watch the trailer i saw the trailer when i went to go see sonic in theaters when you watch the top gun trailer you can basically map out everything that happened in the movie from the trailer like for the most part and we don't need the whole plot. I don't need the whole synopsis in the trailer. The trailer is a minute, a minute and 30 seconds. What's the point of you filming for four months if you're going to give me a short film and I don't have to see your movie at all? What's the point? You got to leave me intrigued. You got to give me a little taste. I need to just be based on the trailer. I don't need the whole movie from the trailer. I hate to say this, but like you are right. It is a very big trend. It is happening a lot. But the type of people who are clamoring to see Top Gun Maverick are not the type of people who would care that the entire movie is in the trailer, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, they know who their target demographic is. Yeah, you're right. And um, I'm just overall excited for what's coming very soon. Uh, Glenn, is there anything else you're excited that's coming out very soon? Excited to see... Nothing like super soon. There's some stuff coming out in like July that I'm interested in, but we can wait and talk about that because I'm going to be talking about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. Well, if we have discussed all that we can't wait to see, let's talk about the things that we have seen that apparently no one else has. So we're going to be talking about underrated TV shows. These are basically TV shows that we watch and we like, and it didn't get a lot of talk, a lot of hype a lot of praise because it shows that you hold dear to your heart and my first show is astronomy club astronomy club was a sketch show on netflix and it had an all-black cast it was so funny it was smart it was inventive it was creative it had 100 percent on tomatoes it was produced by kenya barris and it featured the astronomy club which was the first all-black house team at the upright citizens brigade and if you know UCB, if you are like me, someone who loves sitcoms, like you love Parks and Rec, you love The Office, you know who Nicole Byer is, you love Bill Hader, like you know UCB, okay? And honestly, all these people are hilarious. The writing is phenomenal. The sketches were great. Their energy was amazing. The charisma, like everything about the show was so good. It's called Astronomy Club. You guys have to go see it. I am so sad I got canceled after one season because the first season was perfect. The first season was hilarious. It was everything. And I have rewatched it so many times. And I'm so sad I got canceled by Netflix because it truly was an amazing show. And I hope to see it. I hope to see the people in the show in just like literally anything else. Like it's Kenya Barris produced. So possibly they'll show up in one of his other um TV shows or maybe a movie he's making, whatever. But you know, Astronomy Club 
was a gem and it was unappreciated by Netflix. And I just need everybody who's listening right now to go watch it right now and just show the cast some love because it's amazing. Okay, okay. I, I've i maybe heard a little bit about um, Astronomy Club, but like nothing like major newsworthy or anything, so. It really was like, like there were so many good sketches <laughs> that I liked. Um, there was a sketch where they did uh, Ice Cube Day, for the Southern period Ice Cube Day, which I thought was really funny. Uh, there was a sketch where they parodied Madea movies because, you know, we all know who, we all know Madea and we love to mm-hmm. see it. Um, there was a, a sketch where they did an ASMR award show, which I found hilarious. And um, there was one sketch, uh, Mary Poppins for a Black Family. And overall, it came out in like 2019. And I'm sure like the cast has like kind of moved on to other things, but I just need y'all to go watch it, please. Just go see it, go watch it, go love it. And I just feel so bad that like it got canceled after one season because imagine having such an amazing comedy sketch show that is hilarious, smarter race, creative, different from anything else that's out on TV because there are a lot of comedic shows on Netflix, but this show truly was in its own class and everybody in the cast, like everybody on the show was phenomenal and extremely talented. And the thing is, this is all, this cast, this show is like full of faces of people that could easily be in the next movie, the next action movie. Like they could be the one comedic relief in that one Marvel show that you watch. Like mm-hmm. all, everybody in the show was so talented and they worked so well together. And for Netflix to just give it the chop after one season is unfair because they were just getting started. And I, I just, I don't, I just really wish it was, it was renewed. Yeah, that it sucks. It it honestly sucks. So sounds yeah. a little bit too familiar. Netflix honestly pisses me off sometimes. Cause like, why am I paying you this money to show me these shows? But you get rid of the things that I like. Like so many times people ask for things that are different and things that are new and things that are fresh and things that are exciting. And Astronomy Club is one of those things. And I know it has been a couple of years since the show was canceled, but that doesn't mean it's not still funny. A lot of their sketches are still very relevant to today. So I really do encourage everybody to go see it and go watch it and, you know, just show us some love. That's it. Another disappointment from Netflix. Yeah. I mean, does that surprise you? We made like a whole episode on that. Mm. Yeah. Glenn, what's a show that you like that you think is underrated? Um, okay, so sticking on the Netflix canceled this oh, way too my early gosh. route. Are you going to talk about I'm not okay with this? Obviously. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. It, it, like, okay, I am very, like, even though I'm not on Tumblr anymore, I'm very mm. in that sphere of the mm-hmm. internet in other yeah. places. Mm-hmm. And I haven't, I've seen maybe three fan edits of I'm not okay with this since it got released. Let me tell you something. TikTok is crawling with them. TikTok feeding. Feeding for her. Yes. TikTok is definitely not because I am very much in that fandom and I have barely seen any. Really? Like they must be hiding really well. Mm. You gotta go look for them, baby. You gotta go I, look for I them. I literally have gotten like I get constant fan edits of every single other show in mm-hmm. that aura. And yet, like, if someone said, I am not, I enjoy, I'm not okay with this, like, the 20, the top 20 shows that would be recommended to them, I see fanets for every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Why not for this one? Maybe TikTok just hates me. 
Maybe it's just like, <laughs> we're going to make him suffer. We're going to make him cry. I but, mean, TikTok um, keeps showing people weird um, lives in an ad after two or three videos. So I think TikTok hates all of us. True. They just need to make their money. Yeah. But, also, um, this is the perfect time for people to watch I'm Not Okay With This because Stranger Things is back. Mm-hmm. And I'm Not Okay With This is in perfect tandem with Stranger Things. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um. So without giving any, like, huge, huge spoilers... Well, I guess that's very easy to avoid spoilers here. But um, I'm not okay with this is um, a Netflix, Netflix original technically based off of a book that was the same name. And the book is slightly based off of the book Carrie. So that kind of reveals a lot of what goes on here. But um, it's a stereotypical, stereotypical coming of age, very A24 style. Mm-hmm. Um, but this um, main character, the girl, what's her name? I gotta look up the characters' names. You don't know the characters' name? You ah. love this show. You think this show is amazing. You think this show is wonderful, but you don't know the characters' name? I watch a show and then it goes into my heart. I almost, you know, I there's maybe five shows I've ever rewatched. I watched this as soon as it came out. I haven't looked, I haven't watched it since. That's just how I go with shows. I almost never rewatch a show. <laughs> I almost never rewatch a show. I think I have, like I said, there's maybe five shows in my entire life that I've ever rewatched. What are those five shows? Um, it's probably one of them is a show that I'm going to talk about later today. Okay. Um, and then probably like Futurama because it's a comfort show. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really um like Sherlock and like Merlin. That's really probably it. Like I only rewatch comfort shows. You watched Merlin. Of course I've watched Merlin. Oh my gosh. I watch Merlin up and down, back and forth constantly. I've rewatched Merlin probably at least oh my 10 times. I love Merlin. I have not met a real person who has watched Merlin either. Okay, don't that's say that. crazy. Do not say that. No, I didn't even put that on the crazy. list. I was debating putting this on the, I was oh debating putting Merlin on the list. I was like, everybody watched Merlin. No, that's not true. Okay, I'm adding Merlin to the list right now. Oh my now. gosh. Merlin is one of the most underrated fandom shows out there. Like, you would think that people would watch Merlin and like it. If you're like, oh, well, you know, the quality isn't good. Or like, I don't like the writing. It's like, shut up. Merlin is amazing. It's great. All right. Listen, Arthur Pendragon. Wow. My favorite white boy. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. We'll talk like... about Merlin in a second. We'll talk about <laughs> Merlin in a second. First. Okay. So the main character, Sydney. And then we have Stanley, who's like the, the guy, best friend, love interest. And then we have Dina, the, um, the token light-skinned girl. Um, yeah. And basically, Sydney starts developing these weird supernatural abilities, a little bit of telekinesis, a little bit of just being able to make things happen, a little bit destructive. And it's really her story just trying to figure out what are these powers? How are they developing? How are these powers going to affect her? Like, I mean, because she's like, what, like six, 15, 16 in the show, apparently. Mm-hmm. She's not actively driving. I think they're like illegally driving. So okay. like I'd say like 15. Fun, um, fun. And and yeah, it's a very short series. I think it literally only has seven episodes. Like it's tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, part of the reason why it kind of got swept under the radar is because it released um, in like late February of 2020. And as we all know, some massive earth shattering events happened mm-hmm. in March of 2020. So the focus really wasn't on new media. The focus was on staying alive. So um, 
because of that, this is just one of the many shows that just kind of got like swept under the rug. And like, obviously like people watched it because it's still like people who actively enjoy it and talk about it, but it definitely didn't get the attention that would have if like the world was like roughly okay when it released. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's giving a very no spoilers. It's very good. Watch it. Like I said, only seven episodes. You could do that in an afternoon. You could do that in one sitting, no problem. I don't care what type of marathoner you are. Um, and it's on a... Netflix. Yeah, if I didn't make that explicitly clear, it is on <laughs> Netflix. As it wasn't explicitly clear, this amazing show that was a great plot, amazing characters, awesome writing, was on the streaming platform that's famously known for canceling shows and under that canceled. same category. Hmm. I'm not going to lie, there were a lot of shows in 2020 that did get canceled because of, like, they were scared of the pandemic. They didn't know if they could continue um, yeah. production. Like, so... the Society was another show, I think, that canceled. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As mm-hmm. much as I will berate Netflix nonstop for canceling good shows, I do understand why, like, this show was canceled just because of when it came out and, like, mm-hmm. how it was received. Not how it was received, because it was re- it was received positively just mm-hmm. by few people. Well, like, just less people watched it. Um, so I understand logistically why sh- this show and shows that came out around here got canceled. That doesn't mean I'm okay with it. In fact, I am not okay with this. Yeah. I I I'm definitely gonna take the time to probably check it out. I am going to be sad though, because like I will definitely like the show and I'll become attached to it. And then I'll have to realize that there's not season two coming out. Mm-hmm. Is there the book? Is it just one book or is it like a series? I'm pretty sure the original is a series. If the book is a series, then I'm probably gonna try to check that out the book will probably be different from the movie but i think at least the book will give you some kind of satisfaction to know that there is a continuation and that the story isn't over so that's interesting i'm looking up right now it looks like it's just one book i thought it was a series i thought they had was three in it but maybe it's just one maybe i just got bad information all right well that's definitely something to look forward to i'm going to put that on my wish list Mm. Um, my next show is going to be Winona Earp. Uh, I got into this show because literally like I was just going through Netflix and I was looking through the recommendations and I was looking like they, Netflix was like, if you like Supernatural, these are shows you should check out. And there were shows like Van Helsing. Mm. There were different like other shows that they recommended like Sinner. And then Winona Earp was a show that they recommended. And I had seen a couple of fan edits on Tumblr for it. So I was somewhat familiar with it. And I read the synopsis and it's basically like a girl with a magic gun who was meant to be the heir. And I'm like, okay, chosen one, magical weapon, fantastical land. If it walks like a duck and Mm. talks like a duck and, you know, it looks like a duck, you might want to say, my kind of show. So I watched the first episode. You might want to say it's an octopus. (laughs) (laughs) and like it felt it follows a lot of the tropes that you see in shows like Buffy and Supernatural where like this person is meant to vanquish these supernatural or otherworldly threats to human life and they are the only person that can do this it is bestowed upon them they've been chosen blah 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 whatever and I started watching the show. I loved it. I'm obsessed with it. I think it's amazing. Uh, the fourth season is on Netflix. I'm not sure if the fourth season is the last season. Season five. Um, 
apparently there is going to be season five. It will return December 2023. Oh my gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. If there is, I believe it has been renewed for season five. Don't, yeah, I believe it has been renewed for season five. So I'm definitely excited for that. Uh, if you guys want to know, When on Earth is a TV show. It was on sci-fi, and I think it got a lot of popularity from being on Netflix. A lot of people got introduced to it through Netflix, which is true for other shows that I've watched. Like, iZombie is another show that I really liked, and it was on the CW, but a lot of people got into the show by watching it on Netflix. And so Winona Earp is a show about this girl, her name is Winona. She is the last living Earp heir. And when she turns 26 or 27, she is meant to become the vanquisher of demons for the Ghost River Triangle, which is the small town where she lives in. She lives there with her sister, Waverly. And basically her whole life, she's killing demons and protecting the town. And the people kind of hate her because she's kind of a screw up. And Waverly is like the nice, sweet person that everybody likes. But Waverly loves her sister. And Winona is like the classic alcoholic sex addict who's like kind of just like teetering off the edge every so often. The show is funny. It is interesting. The demons are scary. The plot is amazing. Every single episode is like... Even the filler episodes are still interesting and funny. And the show doesn't take itself too seriously. Like the show has fun with it because it knows it's a supernatural show. It knows where things happen. So it just enjoys itself. And there are threats. There are amazing characters. There are so many awesome people on the show. Everybody who's in the show is great. I love it so much. Jeremy, he's one of my favorite characters. Officer Hot, she's great. You know, you also have uh, Doc Holliday, who's in the show as well. Um, I need to make sure that I'm getting everybody because I don't want to like skip out on anyone in the show. Uh, Deputy Marsh, I think that's his name. Yeah, Deputy Marshall Xavier Dolls. I love Dolls. Dolls is my favorite character in the show for such a long time. I thought he was amazing. He's super funny. He's like really down to earth. And he's like the person like grounds Winona, which she's like kind of teetering off the way else. Overall, phenomenal show. And I really do recommend everybody go watch it. There are four seasons on Netflix right now. They're all great. If you like Supernatural, you will love this show. Because what Supernatural lacks, Winona Earp harnesses, grabs, and it, 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 it embraces. All right? If you're still sad over at STL, watch Winona Earp, okay? And you'll be fine. Trust me. So yeah, I love the show and uh, it's definitely become like a comfort show. Um, every single one of my friends that were sad about Supernatural ending, I was like, listen, watch Winona Earp. It's so much better. It's so much better. I promise you, just give it your love. Just give it your attention. If I could take half of the attention that Supernatural still gets and just shove it into the Winona Earp fandom, I would be so satisfied. Emily, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I love you, the creator. I just, I want you to know, girl, you, I hold you dear in my heart. I do. So, yeah, that's it. Oh my gosh. I love the show so much. I'll have to check it out. I know you've brought it up before. This is like one of your passion shows. Yes. I can't wait. It is like, the show is so good. The writing is amazing and it's so smart and it's just like it's everything I could hope for and more so I really do hope that like I'll do whatever I can to get people to watch this show so yeah and I'm just making sure that like um 
Okay, yeah. Winona Earp is going to be released in 2023. I'm just making sure that's still happening. Okay, nice, nice. Yes, it is still happening. And okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good. I don't want to say anything and be wrong about it. I want to be 100% sure. Uh, if this if this uh, release date dot me article lied to me, I'm going to be pissed. But from everything I'm seeing online, there is going to be a new season. The show is, even though like I feel like the show is pretty underrated, it has been very like well received. It has really great reviews. It has two People's Choice Awards. It's won several honors. It's been reviewed by many people like Collider, E, um, Variety has talked about how this is one of the absolute best shows ever made. And it deserves. It truly does deserve. And yeah, that's basically it. Well, great. Okay. Okay. I'm adding to the list. I'm adding to the list. Yes. It's so good. The thing is about the show also is that like a lot of these a lot of these like supernatural shows they take a little bit of time to like get into the plot and they kind of like overbear you with exposition mm-hmm. we don't play around with that why not herb we get into the story we get into the action also the show does not hold back on uh blood and gore i should re- let everybody know about that the show also does not hold back on the steamier sides of the show so just want to let you guys know about that but yeah overall it's really great <laughs> If you wanted, like, if you like to watch Supernatural, but you hate the fact that all the women are, most of the women become villains, or they're underutilized, or they're not well-written, or they're not respected enough, and there are not enough, um, que- there's not enough queer representation, and they use the same characters over and over again, and they use the same monsters, and it gets boring and repetitive all the time. Winona Earp breaks down all those problems, puts it in a trash bag, lights it on fire, and then chucks it out the Ghost River Triangle. So definitely go check it out. Overall, right. 10 out of 10. Oh my gosh. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Glenn, what is a show that you think is underrated you want to talk about? We just need to talk about Merlin now that we've like discovered, <gasps> now that we've realized. Listen, listen, listen. I got into Merlin uh, kind of later, like after it ended. And I'm really upset that I did because I would see people talk about Merlin all the time and like Merlin and Arthur and like, are they? Are they together? Like the queer baiting in the show? Wow, on a whole another level. You get Sherlock really had nothing on Merlin when yeah. it came to that. Yeah, yeah. Really had uh, nothing on there. Like at least Sherlock had the decency to have the creators be vehemently against homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Like that made it a lot, <laughs> a lot easier. Right. But like they just, I'm just say spoilers. Okay, spoilers. Not that it actually like really matters, but spoilers. To have Merlin come out in the last episode to Arthur mm-hmm. as a wizard. As a wizard. Okay, literally kill yourselves. Every single person like, in that writer's room can get out. Please. Jo- please. Brokeless and jo- broke and jobless for the rest of their please. lives just for that episode. Absolutely so. And all the fan edits of Merlin on YouTube, like Merlin being sassy, Merlin and Arthur roasting each other, like Merlin, like they're so cute. Like they have, like I realize. No, I'm not. I I was going to say something like super like nice, but I'm not going to. It is mm-hmm. so blatant queer baiting, and so incredibly heartbreaking. Like yes. they could have done it. Like if you're going to have a coming out story in the last episode, have them come out as gay. Yeah, just do just it. Like. The show, oh, you already way. knew that that was going to be the last episode. Like, you knew that season five was your last season. You knew that there was no chance of it getting picked up again. Give the fans right. what they want. 
I am going to say this right now. A lot of people don't like the ending to Merlin. And I am also one of those people where, like, whenever I watch the shows, I don't watch the last episode because even though the finale can, like, piss me off, but I love the show so much. And there are still people who want the show to come back. Like, it has been 10 years since the show ended, and there are still people who want this show to come back. And y'all, some things we just got to leave behind. Yeah. You know, some things just got to let to rest. Like, you know, <clears throat> it's not that, like, the girl Morgana, she is on the CW now. And I don't know what the other actors are doing. I'm sure they're living their happy lives. They I'm sure be. they're doing great, you know. But, like, Merlin returning, just because there is uh, a supernatural prequel series happening does not mean. Like, people started asking Benedict Cumberbatch if he thinks Sherlock will come back. We are not having a new resurgence no. of the Tumblr era. I really, that's the thing, that's, that's part of the problem. I don't want, this is, I'm even a little bit iffy about the supernatural, um, quote, uh, um, backstory prequel. Yeah. Um, cause like, there's something dark and special about this, just that era, specifically when Tumblr was like super involved, like all like Mm -hmm. the Tumblr shows, like they're good, they're like good to go back and rewatch and like enjoy and like you know, be, like, angsty again or whatever. But, like, I'm not sure if I'd even watch a show like that now. Like, if, if um I don't know, if Sherlock came out now, like, brand new, like, there wasn't a previous Sherlock, mm. except for, like, you know, the really old ones. And it came out the exact series that is now. I'm not sure if I'd watch it. Also, all the Sherlock episodes are, like, an hour and 30 minutes. There are three episodes in each season, and each season came out every a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Why were we watching that show to begin with? Exactly. And, like, I can prove that people don't really care about Sherlock that much because look at Elementary. Elementary is very good. Yeah, but look, at, but, but look at how people cared about it. But look at how people cared about it. Oh, my gosh. I have to say this. I Where's the Goonie okay. in me? <laughs> I have to say this about Elementary, okay? Yeah. Y'all were so pressed about Sherlock and John Locke, and you guys were so hooked into having your little queer baiting thing, and you wanted Sherlock and John to happen. Then when Elementary came out, which I'm going to say right now, Elementary is better than Sherlock, okay? The writing is interesting, although it does follow the typical procedure in CBS shows. You have the phenomenal Lucy Liu in the show, which is the main reason why people watch the show to begin with. Let's not play with ourselves here, okay? Everybody was interested in the fact that Lucy Liu was in a reoccurring TV show. So people tuned in, and I am people. I am, okay? And mm-hmm. another thing about the show is that, like, everyone wanted John Locke to happen so badly when Elementary came out. People just wrote it off as the subpar American spinoff. But Elementary is so much better because Sherlock is, yes, self-aggrandizing. He thinks highly of himself and he likes to be antisocial. But the Sherlock in elementary has a drug problem and he is recovering and he turns to police work to help him. He's a consulting detective with the NYPD. And the thing is like, is he annoying? Yes. Is he great on the nerves? Yes. But the thing about Watson, she doesn't take any BS. She doesn't care. She stands on her own two feet and she confronts Sherlock on a lot of the things that he does not want to confront himself about and she has become such a good friend to him and mentor and companion in all aspects and there are times where she is even a better detective than him there are times where Mm -hmm. she solves things faster than he does and they work so well together and eventually you watch Sherlock from being somebody who wants to distance himself from people to having friends and having family and having this found family and realizing that he can like 
so have people who support him, who listen to him, realizing that he's people he trusts, people who care about him, people who look out for him, people who have his back. And that's the difference between Sherlock on the BBC and not much on CBS. Sherlock on BBC, Sherlock is a dick. And he always will be. And he doesn't appreciate the people he loves. And also the writers of the show, which we talked about with my episode with Claudia, got too big for their boots and got so wrapped up in the fact that people love the show that they ruined the last season mm-hmm. because they made fun of the fans and then eventually destroyed the show. Also having John's wife, Mary, be like, oh, I'm dying. But just remember to go solve mysteries with Sherlock for the rest of your days. He has a child. And she didn't tell him to take care of the kid, to leave the kid with the mama. Like, hello, leave the kid with the grandmother so the kid can be taken care of. Like, why would Mary want John to go solve mysteries with Sherlock when he has a whole baby? But with elementary, you see Sherlock grow, evolve, become a better person, and wants to become a better detective, and she stands up for herself in her own right. And another reason why people didn't like elementary as well is because y'all are racist. I'm just gonna say it right now. They'll act like you aren't because you are, okay? I know it. All right. Lucy Liu is a phenomenal actress and you cannot tell me anything different. All right. There is no evidence to support that she is not an amazing actress. Beautiful, stunning, smart, talented. She makes sapphic paintings in her house. She lives her life and she does it flawlessly. Okay. So yes, that was my elementary rant that I had to go on. I, I love the show. I've watched every single episode of elementary and was I kind of disappointed by the finale? I'm disappointed by every finale. Okay. I don't want shows to end. Okay. Elementary is a show that could have gone on forever, but I'm glad that it did eventually end. And I think both the actors are great. And, you know, that's it, really. Um, while you were talking about that, I looked up um, a lot of the actors from Merlin and where they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, the one who's most successful is obviously... Um, uh, Cat Asa, what? Cat McGrath? No, it's Asa Butterfield. Oh, Asa! Yeah, he was in the show. Yeah, because he was only in three episodes, but like since then, he was in the he was oh. like the lead in the Boy in the Striped Pajamas. He right. was the lead in Ender's Game. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Hugo, he was one of the main characters in Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Yeah, and like he didn't get it, but he was like one of the final actors being casted for Spider Man before Tom Holland. So it was literally yeah. it was um Asa Tom Holland. And um, she, there was another person, but those were the three that like, like Marvel came out and said that these were like the final three who they were deciding. Asa been Spider-Man? Yeah. Like Marvel said that he was in the final three. Um, I feel like Asa fits more for the new mutants. Yeah. I mean, that's think? probably why they didn't pick him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like currently like in sex education right now. Right. Sex education? Babe, I don't know what y'all gonna do. Because Gatwa, he is Doctor Who. We got our girl. With a, in a movie with Margot Robbie, one of the girls left because she's in Bridgerton now. Sex education, I don't know what y'all gonna do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what y'all gonna do. I don't know what y'all gonna do. Jillian, Jillian Babes. You might have, you might want to see if um what was the show she was on? X X Files. You might want to see if the X Files reboot is still possible because <laughs> one of the only Netflix shows that people like and keep getting renewed and keep watching is actually popular. And the actors are too popular for the show. The actors are too popular for the show. Gatwa deserves Doctor Who, he does. But like, man, what's gonna happen to this education? I know they're gonna make another season, regardless, of course. But like, Gatwa, he's, he's on another shout out. He's got the role of a lifetime. Doctor Who's a role of a lifetime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bro, <laughs> man, 
don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Asa might have to be homeschooled. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen in the next season. It's gonna be him and Adam. <laughs> Literally him and Adam and our girl Ola. Oh gosh. Well, um, the baby. Maybe the baby can age up like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> looking looking at more of the cast from Merlin, um, Santiago uh, Cabra, uh, who played Lancelot. Um, since oh. then he was in Dexter, he was in The Musketeers. He was, oh, he was in Musketeers. He was in Transformers: The Last Night, and he was in Ooh. Star Trek: Picard, Big Little Lies, and Salvation. He was so, in Big Little Lies. I did see him in Big Little Lies. Mm-hmm. So he's like he's doing stuff. He's he's Lancelot. pretty successful. Lancelot was very mm, like Gwen and Lancelot. I was like, oh, this might happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, this might happen. I wasn't mad at it. I was. There were a lot of parries in the show that are very possible, like Morgana and Merlin. I was kind of like Morgana and Merlin, you know. Morgana and Merlin should have. If Morgana didn't turn evil, even if she did turn evil, I still would have been here for it. And yeah, and what lovers? about it? And what about it? <laughs> I would have been here for it. Oh my gosh, that was so cute. Oh my gosh, I also loved Morgana and Gwen's friendship. Mm-hmm. It was so sweet. I got really sad when Gwen was accused of being a witch. I was like, oh no, Merlin, y'all ain't finna, y'all ain't finna take on my girl. Not like this. It was the first season two. I was like, oh, are we playing like this now? Are we going to be like this? And she survived, thank goodness, because I was like, this show isn't like supernatural. Y'all aren't going to kill a character I love just for the sake of the plot, right? Like, y'all aren't going to kill a character I love just for the sake of the plot, right? <laughs> I was supposed to that Felicia Day died, but she does have a here out there. Anyways, Merlin. Gosh, what a good show. Yeah. Like, those are the only, like, really, like, standouts. Everyone else, they've done, like, small parts and, like, yeah. popular series, but, like, nothing, like, major. Oh, also, the only reason I got into iZombie was because Bradley James was in iZombie. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I was going to mention, like, iZombie, but I don't think that was, like, when I put iZombie in the same sentence as I put boy in the striped pajamas, No, it really feels like I'm stretching. Yeah, same with Supergirl. Like, we... True, because Morgana, she's um, Lena Luthor right now in Mm -hmm. Supergirl. Like, I could say it. Right. But those are two very different classes mm-hmm. of shows. Yeah. Well, not shows, but like classes of media. Yeah. I do have to say, like, um, Anthony Head being on Merlin and Buffy, a serve. Truly a serve. And I love that Angel Kobe, she was on Merlin. And she rarely went to any of the press interviews or went to, like, uh, Comic-Con. Like, she was just, like, on the show. She was like, oh, I'm busy, but, you know, I said my love. I know she was at home. Just chilling. She was like, I'm not going to be around these normal people. I was vibing. <laughs> she was chilling. She was like, oh, conventions? Um, I'm sorry. I'm afraid I'm a bit busy at the moment. So you have to hit me later. But she was, that girl was not busy. She just did not want to be there. She did not want to be there. And I did not blame her at all. But Bradley James truly, like, I loved him as Arthur. He was like the perfect cast. <sighs> he was a perfect actor for Arthur. He embodied the role so well. And Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Bradley James was like black hair and he was on iZombie and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is like, and I did start watching iZombie because he was on it. And then, uh, spoiler, he dies in season one, yeah, which is really sad, but I kept watching iZombie. It's a good show because through iZombie, I met Raul Coley and Raul Coley has stayed in my heart ever since. Mm-hmm. I love that man. 
I adore that man, Raul Coley. Like, I want Mike Flanagan to put him in every single one of his properties. The next heart-wrenching, grief-stricken horror show that Netflix lets Mike Flanagan birth, I want Raul Coley to be the first person cast in it, all right? It has to be done. I'm still not over Midnight, Texas. I still have not recovered. I still have not recovered. But Mike Flanagan, Raul Coley needs to be the number one person you cast in your shows, please. Yes. Um... Gosh, Merlin was so good. Like him, Merlin and Guy's relationship was so funny. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like every single episode, it's like, Merlin, don't let people know you use magic. Merlin uses magic right in front of people. It's like, yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Literally uses magic right in front of Arthur in the first episode. Nobody notices. Mm-hmm. Like his eyes literally turn gold when he uses magic. Like y'all don't make eye contact. Y'all can't see what he's doing. Nah, There's especially because no like his eyes are like naturally, aren't they like brown? Yeah, like it's pretty obvious. Also, nobody knows the fact that this man runs into the basement every single day to talk to a cave. What is he doing? Why is he running down there? No one What's cares he doing about a there? servant. No one That's cares true. about like a little, I don't even know what to call him, little errand boy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. No one's like, damn, I wonder what Merlin's up to. <laughs> it has never crossed anyone's mind. The amount of times Arthur was so ready to die for his kingdom. And Merlin was like, I'll die first. I'll die first. He's like, oh my gosh. Just just say that you like each other. Like, yeah, God. You guys y'all are just doing kiss a lot. already. The, like, the amount of times that they've yeah. almost died in each other's yes. arms and they did it in the scene with a kiss is honestly insulting to the community. I, I don't even know what else to say about the show. Honestly, so many of the um, villains in Merlin, I'm going to say 10 out of 10. Like, yeah, because they were actually scary. Yes. Well, and you know, scary. Scary. But the plot, every episode, like the show is hilarious and it's smart. I cannot stand a show that's like sci-fi, supernatural fantasy series. And y'all ain't going to give me a little chuckle every now and again. Y'all ain't going to let me laugh every now and again. Like, Merlin, I feel like that's, Merlin was like a comedy series almost yeah. first. Yes. And then it was, and then it was like... Medieval fantasy. Medieval fantasy, yeah. Yeah. I, gosh, I really do love Merlin. And whenever I rewatch it, it just like holds a special place in my heart. Mm -hmm. Because Merlin is one of the only shows that I liked during that Tumblr era that I can rewatch and just like have a good time watching it. Like Supernatural is so stressful and Doctor Who can be really sad and depressing sometimes. (laughs) Like there were seasons of Doctor Who every episode i wanted to cry every episode i was like this is gonna break me this is gonna destroy myself and it did sherlock is too long and confusing i don't think benedict cumberbatch knew half the words he was saying half the times he was you know speaking in the show and like merlin it's just it's this beautiful show medieval fantasy with some comedy and some heart and some wholesomeness and Overall, like, were there heartbreaking moments in the show? Yes. Were there sad moments in the show? Yes, of course there were. Mm-hmm. But there were also so many great moments in the show that just, like, made it come together in, like, this beautiful blend of just, like, an adventure. Like, a, an amazing adventure series. And I have yet to find another show that's been able to replicate what Merlin was able to do, you know? Because a lot of medieval fantasy shows don't last that long, on network television and Merlin is a show that went on for like five seasons Mm -hmm. and each season was great I do have to say 
I think the second season is the best, or maybe the third season. I the say second, second season. season. Okay. That's not, yeah, that's not bad. Uh, I do wish that Guinevere did have her evil arc before season five, but that's not going to know there. Um, Guinevere and Morgana teaming up. I love to see it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and seeing Morgana go from this sweet girl to becoming a full-fledged witch, it's... Uh, that wasn't forced. Like, it didn't seem like, oh, we have to make, like, the, right. the girl evil. It was, like, yes. a natural progression. Uh-huh. I remember Asa was Mordred. I was trying to think of, like, mm-hmm. Asa Butterfield. Who was he? Yes. Yeah. Mordred. I liked Mordred. Everybody did. Mordred was yes. only there for a little bit, and he killed it. Ate yes. it up. Yes. Also, uh, Nimbleway and Morgoose, they're also two of my favorite female villains in the show i think they're great um yeah also one thing that's so funny to me is sir percival on merlin then being uh in umbrella academy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i was like is that is that like from merlin it was crazy to me i was like oh my gosh you're lying <gasps> that's him it's like ever whenever i uh, recognize actors it's like seeing an old friend it's like, oh it's like gosh, when you see an older I was saying so well. How are you? Oh my gosh. Is this what you're doing now? We're superheroes? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Go what on. fun. Get it. Okay. All right. Netflix back. We love to see it. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm going to rewatch Merlin soon. I do kind of get hung up on the quality of the show. I'm not going to lie because it was filmed in like 2008, but it's still such a good show. Yeah. I can get over the fact that it was filmed in 2008. That isn't its mm-hmm. fault. Yeah. Merlin really is one of the only shows that, like, had a fandom where I would willingly recommend it to somebody. Like, Supernatural is always, like, the first five seasons are the best. Doctor Who was like, girl, I don't know where you want to start. I would say start at the beginning, but there are, like, 13 seasons now, so I don't know. Sherlock, okay. So there are three episodes in each season, and each episode is, like, an hour length. Stay with me, you know? Merlin, it's just like it's a fantasy show, you know. Merlin and Arthur. Um, I mean, it's Merlin and Arthur. What else yeah. do I have to say? What it's else good. do I have to say? That's enough yeah. for you to watch it. Yeah, it's great. And I mean, that's basically it. Like, Merlin really was like so underrated and it didn't deserve it. Like, it really deserved more flowers. It really did deserve more love. Like, man, Colin Morgan, he really did what he had to do with that. He did. And Bradley James, I love you. I'm sad that your AMC show didn't work out, but you know, maybe mm. the next one. Maybe the next it's one. Fine. You still have a couple more years left. You have, yeah, you're a good actor. You got this. He believe in you. I also felt bad for Colin Morgan when he was in that um, TV show. What was it called? It was like the Marvel TV show, but it wasn't exactly like Marvel. It was Humans. Oh, yeah, Humans. Yeah. yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> I love how we both the thing about the thing is is that like also Gemma Chan was in that show as well and that really was like oh it goes to show you sometimes it's not the actors no sometimes it's not the actors sometimes it's something else you know sometimes there are forces beyond our control <laughs> yeah like you try to give something a chance and it's like bestie I think we both know what this is I think we both know what's going on here so we shouldn't be surprised if you don't get a season two but like I get it. A bag is a bag, you know. Uh, yeah, Merlin, 
It's still something I love, something I still hold dear to my heart. All right. Um, I guess I can go. My next show is, my next one isn't a show. It's actually a comedy special. And (laughs) I picked this one because I was like, trying to think of like, what are some underrated shows that I like? And this one came up because it was recommended to me because sometimes Netflix is like, oh, do you want to like watch this again? Because they want people to spend as much time on their website as possible. Mm -hmm. And um, it's this comedy show called Middle Ditch in Shorts. It is a totally improvised comedy special with Thomas Middle Ditch, who is known from HBO's show Silicon Valley and Ben Schwartz, who is Sonic and the most recent Sonic movies, but he's also known as John Ralphio in Parks and Rec. And Mm -hmm. it is three hour long specials where Mildich and Schwartz, they're on stage and they are performing live and they are saying, they go to the audience and they say, give us a scenario, any kind of scenario. They'll ask the person a couple of questions, get some information, get some background, and they will fully act out an improvised scene, fully improvised, no script, no planning up ahead. And it's just the two of them and they're doing it all in an hour. And they have to start the scene and finish the scene and come to a conclusion within it. And I love it. I loved it. This show drove me into my uh, Ben Schwartz era. I did have a phrase, but I was really into like white comedians. So like Andy Samberg, Bill Hader, Ben Schwartz, John Mulaney, you know, we all know the ones, you know? Mm. So uh, yes, I was very much when I was, when it was first announced, I was, I kind of knew that Ben Schwartz was doing improv shows with like Thomas Middleditch. And I had seen a video where he did an improvised show with, um, the cast of uh, the show he was on. Oh my gosh, House of Lies. The cast of House of Lies. The only reason why I watched the show was because Don Cheeto was on the show and I love Don Cheeto. But also Kristen Bell's in the show and Kristen Bell, she's amazing in that show. And I love that Kristen Bell's on the show because she's usually known for like doing very wholesome characters. So mm-hmm. for her to like switch it up and be on House of Lies was great. But basically they did this um, improv kind of show live and there was this youtube video of like the whole thing and it was hilarious it was so good it was so funny so when i saw that he was going to be having a netflix series i was like i'm gonna watch it and it's great it's hilarious it's funny uh i will say i think that the first episode is the best some people like the last episode better i think the first one is the best it it looks like it's fully improvised you couldn't tell you would think they planned these things out but you can clearly see the comedic chemistry that these two people have and how they're such good friends and how they just go off off on each other, like they just riff on each other. And I was in theater in high school, all through high school, and I loved improv. So watching the show reignited that love I had for theater and for improv and just being on stage the moment and just having fun with the person on stage with you and just just doing things that make sense within the moment and taking risks and having someone take risks with you and be able to like continue on that scene with that person and trusting in your partner. And you can see that very clearly in the special. And I think it's amazing. I think it's great. There are a lot of comedy shows. On, there are a lot of comedy specials on Netflix, like a lot of them. But Bill to Schwartz is definitely something that is unique. It is extremely, it's different, it's fresh, it's invigorating, it's new. And I really do want people to watch it because Ben Schwartz is a treasure. This man is a treasure. Like I did go through my little hyperfixation of him and I'm glad that I did because I like, I really didn't understand just how much this man does. And how hard he works and just how funny he is. And just an all-around wholesome guy. And, you know, sometimes 
this might this might seem you could judge me if you want to sometimes I just need a white man that's a good white man you know just one that I could be like that's my guy that's my guy right there and I lost one two weeks ago so Ben Schwartz is back on the roster you know so okay. everyone should go watch middle business Schwartz. yeah and I used to be someone who would like watch Netflix comedy specials all the time I would treat them as podcasts you know, I would watch and listen to them all the time. I've tried to watch and listen to, like, most of them. I would, like, have them playing in the background when I would clean my room or do my homework. And Middle District Schwartz is one of the comedy specials. You have to watch it. You just have to be there. You have to be present in the moment with them. Like, that's another thing that's great about improv. You need to be present in the moment with the actors on stage because you want to know what they're going to do next. And they want to know what they're going to do next because they want to keep the audience enticed and, like, encapsulated and you know keep the audience there with them and they really do it they really bring it they bring the energy every single time it's such a great special i love it so much like ben shorts i love you i love you house boots down okay yes no but you're right okay okay do you watch a lot of comedy specials glenn i don't okay so i don't watch a lot of comedy specials in general but that's just because i i don't know how to say it i it's not that like I don't enjoy comedy specials, mm-hmm. but it's very hard for me to get into a show like that mm. when, like, I know that their only objective is to make me laugh. Okay. It's just, I don't, like, go, I don't even know, like, I don't even know how, like, how to say that. Like, if I'm going into a show, like, I I know that, like, all shows are a little bit funny at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go in the show and the only thing that I'm expecting is I'm going to laugh from it. It kind of... Like, when you go into a, a comedy show, people are kind of, like, ready to give the can laughter and, like, the polite chuckle to basically anything anyone says because they think anything could be, like, a punchline. Mm. You know? I get it. It just, it seems, it, yeah, it's just, even, it's just, like, lightly forced. Like, obviously, they're, mm-hmm. like, really good, like, uh, comedians. And, like, they're actually, like, they have their audience rolling. But, um... I don't know. It's just never something that's been like super, super interesting to me. Like I'll watch if someone says like one that's really good, then like I'll watch it. But like I wouldn't go out and actively seek them out on my own. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, I totally get it. I understand. And I highly recommend that you go see Tom Middle Edition Schwartz. Um, okay. It's pretty easy to get through. Like the first episode is called uh, Parking Lot Wedding which already from the title is hilarious. And I love it so much. And it's so funny. The thing is, is that like, I love that they ask the audience for like scenarios just so they can like ask the audience questions. Cause a lot of the people that give like, you know, recommendations and stuff like that, it's good. It's really good. And I really like, it makes you kind of, it makes you want to go to a show. Cause I kind of want them to ask me. Like, I kind of want to be asked oh, questions. Yeah. By top. I, I like, I kind of want to, you know, participate i want to be a part of it the audience likes it when you like talk to them because it makes them feel included like they're not just like eyeballs they're not invisible like they're part of the act they're included with you like they're a part of this show with you like they're one like you guys are doing this together it's like a collaborative movement mm-hmm. like a collaborative moment i love it so yeah middle dish and schwartz yes so glenn is there anything else that are there any other tv shows that you find underrated that you want to talk about yeah yeah i'm going to jump into this i i'm going to call it underrated i do know that does have a pretty strong fan base but it doesn't get very much attention outside mm. of the strong fan base um 
I just recently ended, and it mm. ended on good good terms. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's uh the magicians. I oh, I've heard of that show. I haven't watched. I've, it. I've been meaning to watch it. I've talked about magicians maybe like once or twice. Like I've brought it up uh, on here before, but um, oh my goodness, I I love it. So basically, the the premise is okay. So it's a magical school in New York in New York that's just like a hidden part of it and it's very supernatural-esque it's very um model instruments uh has a lot of like supernatural the show and supernatural the category elements mm. to it um but basically the premise is it's these I guess they're all like kind of graduate students which is very interesting the fact that the show did so well because it ended after five seasons um did show so well. And like all of the, I would say there's like seven main characters. All of them, like the youngest one is supposed to be like, I think 25. So they're very much like, this isn't high school. This is like graduate students and they act like they're graduate students. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's them uh, getting introduced to the world of magic. Um, they were kind of thrown into, it's a stereotypical like, oh, people who are brand new are kind of thrown onto a mission that's way too big for them um, because like they happen to be special. Um, and I can't, I can't spoil some things because it does a really good job. It's one of those shows that you can tell that they knew they were going to have future seasons because mm. they connect so well. Like they'll leave like little hints of stuff. Okay. In, like, season two that like, if you're paying attention, like it pops up again, like season four. And at first you're like, okay, they're pulling that out of their ass. But then you go back and you rewatch season two and season three and you're like, wait a second. No, because they hinted at it here and they hinted at it here and they talked about it here and this character mentioned it here. They have this all planned. They were dropping hints this entire time and I just didn't even notice. Like they it. knew that this was going to happen exactly at this moment. Mm. And it's like, oh. And like, because it's one of those shows where like they end up making like a big, like dramatic decision and like, you know, it kind of like shifts like the, the foundations of the show. Like it shifts like what's going to happen because like they have to make a dramatic like last minute move. Mm -hmm. And then those actions have consequences for the rest of the series. Like, um, I'm trying to think, like I can't like spoil any of them because the, some of these are really big ones, but like a decision that's made very haphazardly last minute, like spoil the moment decision at the very end of season one slash beginning of season two is still having negative repercussions in like the middle of season five. Mm, like they, okay. they stick to a, a storyline. Um, it's dark, it's gritty, it's um sometimes very gory and violent, but like all the characters have such amazing chemistry. It's very much a character-driven show, just as much as it's a, a magical realism and like even sometimes a little bit of a horror type show. But um oh, I just I love the characters. They're constant because, like, this isn't the stereotypical, like, oh, they all come in and they're all, like, buddies and, like, you know, some stuff kind of happens and, um, you know, like, now this person doesn't really like this person very much, blah, blah, blah. It's not like that. Um, they come in enemies. They come in already actively hating each other. Most of them don't even want to talk to each other and actively are trying to kill each other. Uh, kill each other seems a little bit aggressive. Um, mm. But, like, none of them like each other. Almost none of them came at the same time. They are actively begrudgingly having to work with each other because it's their lives at risk. I like that. I like that they aren't friends and we don't exactly know where each of them stand with the other until, until like we have to. And the characters also don't know where they stand with everyone else. 
it gives uh, a lot of like nice character tension, adds another layer to the plot. Um, it was uh, it was originally on Sci-Fi. That's like, I mean, I guess it was on Sci-Fi before its entire run, but you can mm-hmm. watch on Netflix. Um, they knew that season five was going to be their last season. And so they ended it in a very, belie- mm, it ended in like, I'm very happy with the ending. They did like a final like hurrah, last bang. And they left it on a cliffhanger that like, isn't an annoying cliffhanger. Like, oh my gosh, I really want to know what happens next. It's very much a, we wrote this cliffhanger so that there's still more story to tell, knowing that we're not going to write any more story. It's kind of like a happy cliffhanger, if that makes Mm. sense. Okay. It's Um, like a hopeful cliffhanger almost. Like, yeah, like no one is, it's not one of the cliffhanger, like, oh my gosh, like she got shot. Not that anyone gets shot or anything, but like she got shot. Like, are they going to die? Um, like, oh, they're bleeding out. Like, are they going to survive? It's not like that. It's very Is it much... like the Ozark cliffhanger where it's, like, ambiguous? So, actually, I can say this because this isn't much of a spoiler. So part of this, uh, Magicians, is that there's several different worlds. There's two main worlds. It's our world and then, like, Fillory, which is very Narnia-esque, very that type of vibe to it, um, except for, like, a lot more darker and sadistic. Mm. Um, and... Because of this, there's a lot of jumping between several different worlds and several different times in those worlds. And basically, the last season ends with some of them being trapped in a different world that they've never been to before. Like, of like the at that point, there's like a principal, like nine characters, 10 characters. Some of them are missing. Some of them are in a different world and they don't know how to get back. And some of them are on our world. And like, they're all trying to find each other and figure out a way back. And that's just kind of where it ends. Because like, they're not like desperate, they're not like, actively in danger like things are going well everything is good except for the fact that they just aren't all with each other and they don't have a way of communicating so it's just like i guess we have to start from square one let's start mapping out new worlds so it's kind of like you know like they could have like continued from there but like it was a peaceful ending no one was actively like dying or anything they're all fine it's just they aren't with each other that is interesting um i know it was so weird how they did it i can't really describe it because i haven't watched any other show that like has created a cliffhanger like that, that like worked on that level. That everyone is not okay, but you're okay with the fact that they're not okay, and you know that you're not gonna get more because everyone knew that this was the last season before this season started airing. So everyone was expecting like everything to wrap up perfectly, and the fact that they didn't, but like they still made it really good. I don't know. It's some. It, it's just something that has to be seen. The magicians. I don't know if you under, you'll know this reference, but it has that guy from Leverage, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, leverage? I, leverage is on this list too. I've <laughs> talked about Leverage. Leverage is on the list. Leverage is such a good show. Leverage was a show I used to watch after school because it would be there would be reruns of it on like what are those TV channels that we have? I, uh, for me, it was Ion Television. Yes, Ion Television. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> I think Psych was also on there. I never watched Psych. I never got into it. But yeah, there was a ton of shows on that. That was also we talked about this. All the propaganda shows. Yeah. Like Flashpoint. Uh-huh. Um, Criminal Minds. Well, Criminal Minds wasn't propaganda as much, but um, Criminal Minds was on there. The Mentalist. Uh, the Mentalist. Numbers. Mm. Um, Ghost Whisperer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Blue Bloods was on there for a bit. Blue Bloods. You remember Bite Collar? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. My mom used to love watching White Collar. Man, that's crazy. You know Matthew Bomber is in a movie with Bradley Cooper? Really? Yeah. 
I only know this because there was a picture of them kissing on Twitter, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, go so, off. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I've been meaning to watch The Magicians. Wait, Felicia Day is in that show, right? Yeah. Okay. That's why I mean to watch it, because I used to be obsessed with Felicia Day. I will let you know, though, Felicia Day isn't, like, a main, main character. I know. She's... Yeah. She's in the show the same way she was in Supernatural. Yes. Very like, she so. just pops in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she is always funny when she pops in. She's yes. very she's one of the characters that like you know how every single character feels about her. Oh. That makes it interesting whenever she's on screen. It's like Okay. Wait a minute. Okay. Oh. But yeah, also what you were saying with um Winona up or uh, Winona up that um uh how it like jumps in like by the way, by the end of the first episode, you're going to know if you're going to like the rest of the show or not. Like okay. after you watch the first episode, if you enjoyed it you're going to absolutely love the entire rest of everything that comes after it. If you didn't like it so much, you might as well stop there because that's exactly what it's going to be giving you. But okay. just a better version of it. I am currently on my Winona Earp rewatch. So when I finish that and when I have time, because there are some other things I have to watch for the pod, I'm definitely going to get into The Musicians. Because it's been on my Netflix list for a long time. It's been on there for a while. So, uh, oh, yes. And I'm just going to say it. Uh-huh. Best character dynamic, this is kind of controversial, but it is true. Um, Hale Appleman and Summer Vassil, oh, they play um, Elliot and Margot. Best character chemistry. Um, absolutely fucking stunning. They are amazing. I love them together. Every scene that they have with each other is absolute gold. And then they make it even deeper. Like at first they were just like the best characters. And then they also make them some of the deepest characters. And some of the most, like, heartfelt and, like, connected characters. It's just like, oh, oh, my goodness. It hurts so, it hurts so much. It hurts okay. so much. So now I have to watch it. So now I have to check it out. Okay, great. Um, I have, like, a list of shows I can go through pretty quickly so that, like, we don't spend too much time talking about them. A lot of them, pretty easy to kind of summarize them. So um, the OA was a show on Netflix Gosh, this show, it was very underrated. But the people who watched it loved it. And like, it was, I really couldn't tell you what was going on in that show. Basically what happened was that there was a girl, she's missing for a long time. She randomly pops back up in her hometown and a group of unlikely people come together and like become friends with her. And they're like, what happened to you when you were gone? And she was taken by this guy who's played by uh, Jason Isaacs, I believe, who is a great actor. King, I love you down, okay? I talked about Jason Isaacs before. He was in uh, the movie Mass, which is one of the most underrated movies of 2021 and also one of the best movies of 2021. And he also played um, um, uh, Malfoy's dad in uh, Harry Potter. I guess that's what people will most recognize him from. Yeah, I was but about to was, say, like, that was yeah. a very interesting choice that you said. Mass <laughs> and not... Harry and Potter, like, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, like this show, this show is one of those shows you watch, and it's very much like it's giving conspiracy, it's giving science fiction, it's giving different. Like I, I can't explain to you what the, what's going on in the show because the show didn't explain to you what was going on in the show. Like you're watching it, and you feel like you get it, but then something else happens. Like at one point, um, oh my gosh, at one point. No, I was going to say Rami Malik, but that's not him. It's not him. It's not him. It's not him. It's not him. Frick, who is it? Oh, uh, 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 frick. What is his name? What was he in recently? Oh, my gosh. He was in Rogue One. 
He was one of the actors in Rogue One. Oh, okay. And he was in uh, Sound of Metal. Oh, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Oh my gosh, Sound of Metal. Riz Ahmed. Oh my gosh, why did I forget Riz Ahmed? Oh my God, Riz Ahmed is in the show. And also Zendaya was in the show for like a minute. I don't know what was going on with that, but Zendaya was in the show. Also Phyllis from The Office was in the show as well. Okay, Which is very interesting, but- They really said multicultural. Yeah, like the show was, I can't explain to you. I, I, I wish I could explain to you what was going on in the show. You could look it up. You can Google it. Uh, it's, it was a good show. It was very interesting. It's very intriguing. The first season came out in like 2015. And the next season came out like three years, four years after it. And then it was canceled by Netflix because what was going on in the show, I couldn't tell you. The actress is also the creator of the show. And she was very disappointed by the cancellation, obviously. But also like, I don't know. It, it was one of those shows on Netflix where like, I just randomly started watching it because I was bored one night and I was intrigued by it. And then when it came back, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about the show. And I rewatched it. And I was like, this is so good. And then I canceled and I was disappointed. But if you held a gun to my head and told me to summarize the show in a minute, I couldn't tell you. Oh All I know God. is I was good. It was interesting. And I was fun watching it. Uh, another show I watched randomly on Netflix in the middle of the night was Crashing. I think it was one of the first shows that Phoebe Waller-Bridge created. And it was about these like, young 20 30 year olds most likely who were all living in this abandoned apartment and they're all crashing there and it was a funny show it was very interesting um they were property gardens in a disused hospital um kind of chaotic um pretty fun um just a group of people coasting through life, dealing with love and work and how weird it is to live in a abandoned hospital with a bunch of strangers. Uh, there's one season, six episodes, 30 minutes long. It's on Netflix. Jonathan Bailey is in it as well. This is the first thing I've seen Jonathan Bailey in where like he's in a consistent show. The only other thing I've seen Jonathan Bailey in was Doctor Who, I believe. And I think he was in Doctor Who twice, I think. But he's in the show. He's great in the show. The show's hilarious. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is in it. And like, if you need something to satisfy your Phoebe Waller-Bridge obsession that isn't as depressing as Fleabag, I would suggest Crashing. It's fun, chaotic, and it's still kind of sad because Phoebe Waller-Bridge can't let us be happy. She simply cannot let us feel joy. It simply is not allowed. No. So if you are looking for something quick and easy to watch that's going to entertain you, Crashing, definitely recommend that. Also Santa Clarita Diet. I love that show. Of course, I watched it because Drew Barrymore is in it. And Drew Barrymore is amazing. Uh, it follows the couple of two realtors, um, Joel and Sheila. And one day Sheila wakes up. She's sick. She's so sick. She doesn't know why she's sick. Next thing you know, Sheila is undead. Sheila is a zombie. And how does Sheila become a zombie? Well, you're going to find out in the show. And the thing you're going to find out is that their kid is chaotic as frick and freaking rebellious. And Timothy Oliphant plays the perfect, supportive, and incredibly always anxious husband. And it's funny. The show is very interesting. It does take, like, the show, because it takes a time, it's like, it's zombies. So there's a supernatural element to it. Mm-hmm. And the show actually does take the time to, like, learn about the supernatural element to it. It doesn't just brush it off. It's not just like, oh, living the everyday life of a zombie. Like, no, there are actual threats to the show. And there are corny and cheesy parts to the show as well. But overall, it's pretty good. Also, 
Abby Morales is in the show and I love Abby Morales. I think she's amazing. I think she's hilarious. She's a phenomenal actress and a really great writer and a phenomenal director. And yes, um, Glenn, are there any other shows that you would like to talk about that you feel are underrated? Okay, I'm going to go through a, a quick like cruise of these uh-huh. shows. Um, Cause there's a couple <clears throat> that I have to say just because I have to say. Da, da, da. This can okay, okay. Just want to make sure that I was completely clear. Okay, so I'm gonna say these really quick, uh, because these are all very underrated animes that like people just need to be aware of for a new one in the anime community. Because I know we have some of those people there. So, really quick, these shows, um, Made in Abyss, it's literally it's a very young, um, ch- childlike, it looks very childlike, it's very gruesome, uh, story. Um, this girl turned her entire village, like, live in, like, mine near this, like, big crater the, near this, like, bottomless pit. And that's how, like, they get all of their, like, jewels and, like, money for their town. And um, her mother goes missing. And she, the little girl who's probably, like, eight, goes down to find her. Um, and that's that's uh, the story. What happens as she's going down this bottomless pit to try to find her mother. Um, haven't you heard I Am Sakamoto? Is just like a funny series. If you've heard of stuff like The Disastrous Life of Psyche Kai, it's basically mm-hmm. just like this guy who is absolutely amazing at everything um, and constantly shows up everyone, but like isn't like cocky or braggy about it. He just like, is living his life um, and people are actively trying to like attack him or bully him. And he always like comes out one step ahead. It's just like a funny, short, easy, casual watch. Um, my next, well, actually, I'm going to talk about that one later because that one's absolutely amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Darker Than Black is an early 2000s, very, um, dark like gritty detective type show um a little bit supernatural but very much that era of um the world it's just like dark gritty crime show i very much compared to psychopaths i would say that a lot of psychopaths best elements are taken from darker than black um erased is all about a guy who um he has like this ability that like just like happens where like if something like very bad or like um a death or something happens around him um, it's something that he could have prevented. He usually gets jumped back in time, however long he needs in order to prevent that death. And the main series of this is that he, a death of like an old high school friend happens and he literally get no, an old like middle school friend happens. And he literally gets sent back to elementary school. Um, he like jumps back in time to elementary school and has to figure out what ended up getting his friend killed. And so he has to stop it as like a nine-year-old. Um, and then the last one is my next, my next life as a villainess. This one is such a creative concept. And I'm just like, whoa, this is like funny. So you know, like those like kind of cheesy, like uh, video games where it's like, um, it's like a love interest game where like the point, what's the name of it? Why can't I think of it? But like, basically like you choose to talk to certain characters and like you mm. can develop relationships with them. And like, yeah, you know, the one yeah. you develop the best relationship with, like you, like that's the one you fall in love with. Like those type of games, I forget what those. Like a dating simulator. There we go, dating simulators. Okay. Um, basically, this girl who is obsessed with dating simulators, she gets transported into her favorite one. Um, but the problem is, she is transport. She is in this one, one that she knows backwards and forwards. But she is the villain, and every oh. good ending of this train of this simulator ends with her being killed. Um, oh. So she has so even so she knows all the characters, she knows all the story points, and so she has to figure out a way 
to stop the main character from falling in love with any of the guys because she knows that will result in her either getting exiled or murdered because she's the evil sister. Um, and yeah. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, that's why I want to say it. But yeah, those are just really quick ones that, like I didn't want to like dive into because there isn't like a super lot that I want to talk about any of them. But just like throwing out a couple ones. Okay. That last one does sound very interesting. I, I think know, that I, I love wanna... that one. I heard the concept for it. I was like, this is fake. Someone did not make this. And I watched it. It was so funny. It was so like cute. It was so engaging. They do in such a like lighthearted comedic way, but like also emphasizing the fact that like like she could die. Um, it was adorable. Okay. Maybe adorable is the wrong word, but <laughs> I think I have to put that on my watch list because I definitely have to check that out and see yeah. what that's about. Uh, my next life as a villainess. Yeah. Um, I do have a few more shows that I have to say. Yeah, go ahead. Um, this one I I hesitated to put on the list, oh. but I put it on there anyways. Uh, High Fidelity, which starred Zoe Kravitz. It was a good show. Like. I am okay. very sad that Hulu canceled the show. Hindsight is twenty twenty, <laughs> but like it was a pretty good show, and I like the show because like it is a show based off the movie of the same name, and I believe that her mom was on was in the movie version of the show, which is interesting. And the show stars Zoe Kravitz. And Divine Joy Randolph, who I love so much. Also, Kingsley Benadir, who is an actor I see in, like, kind of random things here and there. But in this show, he's amazing. He was also in The OA, and he was also in One Night in Miami. He was really good at One Night in Miami. I love that movie so much. But um, High Fidelity was a show about this young woman who had recently broken up with this guy, Clyde. And she works at a record store. It's failing. She lives in Brooklyn. She's revisiting past relationships through music and moments of pop culture, trying to see if she could find her one true love. Uh, it's a romantic comedy. It's based off of the same book. It's based off of, I think, Believe Book by Nick Hornby. Yeah. And it's it was such an interesting show because she is like this young woman who doesn't know what she's doing and she's just trying to live her life and trying to find love and try to figure herself out and then divine joy randolph her character i love so much because she is someone who is obviously the comedic relief a lot of times the character's name is sharice but she's also just trying to find her people and find her moment and to see like two black women in a show where they're talking about music that isn't talked a lot about in black culture, like music like Arctic Monkeys and like Queen, like maybe those are like more well-known, but like talking about like rock music and having fun with it and just being different and enjoying that and talking about just different aspects of your life that people don't talk about a lot in TV shows. The show was different. And the, she, Rob is the, Rob is, um, Rob is, what Zoe Kravitz character's name? There was something so unique and special and just like all around pristine about the show. And I'm very, I was really sad when it got canceled because I feel like if Hulu just put a little bit more promotion into it, then it could have thrived. It could have had a lot more people interested in it. And I feel like 
it was the show for like the girls of color who were different and knew that they were kind of different from everyone else and they could identify with Rob and like how she lived her life and how it was different from other people's lives. And I really like Sharice. I love Divine Joy Randolph. I think she's a phenomenal actress. I think she's really great. She deserves so much. And for her to be in the show is amazing because it's such a different role than what she's used to playing. But it got canceled. And um, even if there was a second season, I probably wouldn't watch it because, you know, Zoe Kravitz is yeah. uh, not a great person, you know, dated Jaden Smith when he was 14 years old. That's really weird. And is friends with Alexander Wang, who is a known predator. But High Fidelity was a great show and the creators did what they had to do with that show. Another show I really liked. Um, I don't think the show is underrated. I just don't think a lot of, I didn't see a lot of people watching it. And it was also one of the CW's apparently least watched shows despite the critical acclaim around it but crazy ex-girlfriend was a show i really loved and if you don't know crazy ex-girlfriend it's a show about this woman she lived in los angeles she had this great job and then she ran into this guy that she knew from her childhood and she calls him an old flame but really they just kind of dated one summer when she was like 16 years old and so she uproots her life and moves to santa clara to california where she's well west covina she moves to West Covina, California, a place she's never been before, to try and chase down this guy, Josh. And the show, it's funny, it's romantic. There is a musical number in every single episode. And when you watch the show at first, you think, oh, it's a girl who's chasing a guy that's kind of been done before. But it subverts that trope in such a wonderful way. And I have to say, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is one of the only shows that focuses on mental health in a way where it doesn't turn away from the gross, ugly parts of it, and it sincerely tries to get down to the root of it, and I love the way that, like, the character, the main character, Rachel, is it Rachel? Rebecca Bunch. I believe it's Rebecca. She is someone you're trying to root for in the beginning, and as you keep watching the show, and as you see what she goes through, you realize that, like, there are moments where I watch the show, and I'm like, this is a white woman-ish. But then there were most I'm watching the show and I'm like, oh, okay, I see what this is. I see where this is coming from. I see where this is stemming from. I see where we're going with this. And overall, all the characters of the show also amazing, funny, talented. Um, I think the show is so great. It has three seasons, I believe it is. All the seasons are on Netflix. There's also um, Rachel put on her YouTube channel a live performance of the cast doing the shows from the show and dancing, which I loved. Oh and I really did enjoy the show so much just because like I'm a musical theater nerd and I too was obsessed with psychology as a young child. And you mm-hmm. know, I too have my own mental health issues. But overall, it's such a good show. And I I know there are people who have watched the show and they love it. I still listen to the soundtrack. There's still songs of the soundtrack that I listen to to this day. Like you ruined everything, you stupid bitch. And there are also songs like um, Don't Be a Lawyer, No One Else is Singing My Song, uh, uh, Let's Generalize About Men. Um, there are, it's, I just love the show so much. And it ended on its own terms, which is great. And I think that, you know, Rachel did an amazing job with the show and she is such a phenomenal talent and I cannot wait to see what else she creates. If she's creating anything else, you know, if you're just living your life, that's cool too, girl. 
And the last show I want to talk about is Lovesick. It's a show on Netflix that I randomly started watching. And it's about this guy. He gets chlamydia. So he has to call back all the girls he slept with and try to figure out, tell them if they had chlamydia. And he's basically exploring his past relationships. And it's a good show. It's funny. It's romantic. You know, it's a romantic comedy. There are a lot of shenanigans, a lot of hooligans. It's a British show as well. So, you know, there's a British humor to it. And I enjoyed it. It's very... uh, it's sexy, it's wholesome, it's hilarious, it's good, and it was my guilty pleasure for a long time. I haven't thought about this movie, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't thought about the show in a long time. It was called Scrotal Recall at one point, and I'm glad they changed it to Lovesick, because Lovesick makes more sense. But yeah, I think those are all the underrated shows I want to talk about. All right. Is there anything else you want to mention before we wrap up? I don't think so, no. I think okay. we like cruise through. All right. Well, since that will be it for our talk about underrated TV shows, we're going to get it to the segment I'll pass, where we talk about movies and TV shows that we are not going to be watching, or we talk about industry news that we are going to be passing on. And the one thing I'm going to be passing on is Tokyo Vice, which is the new HBO show starring Ansel Elgort. Despite his uh, sexual assault allegations, this show has been greenlit for season two. I've not watched season one. I've not been watching season two. I don't know why. They would be in the first season two. I have seen nobody talk about the show. I don't know anybody who's watched the show. I why does it have a season two? What's the point? Why this man isn't even that good of an actor, to be honest. So what's going on? Yeah, it's Greenland for season two, and um, Brad Pitt wants to sue his wife Angelina Jolie because she has ruined his reputation. He's carefully crafted, and I would like to say Brad Pitt is a trash man. Because Angelina Jolie has talked about how she did not feel safe with Brad Pitt in her life and felt did not feel safe for her family because Brad Pitt kept working for Harvey Weinstein even after he had assaulted her. So Brad Pitt can go eat dirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Glenn, is there anything you're going to be passing on? Um, I mentioned it before, but since it's coming out this week, I just want to quickly say it again. Um, Jurassic World Dominion comes out skipping and i feel Ugh. justified even one saying this now besides just chris pine and all that yeah um, my roommate one well, of my roommates he's a little bit of a film bro like he he does a lot of like stuff like that um and he has gone back and he's watched all the jurassic world movies so he can mm-hmm. rip on this one properly and just hearing him sobbing from his room because he has to sit through these painful five movies why is he horrible. watching it because it's content he's a like i said he's a film bro like content creator so like oh, he's watching yeah. the other ones so that he can like give like you know a, a good like thorough d- roasting destruction d- uh-huh. uh, whatever of this new one um so he watched the last five i think he started like a week and a half ago maybe two weeks ago um it's been pure pain it's been mm-hmm. pure pain um so yeah i don't know how they got to six when according to his opinion, I respect his opinion. He's not always right, but I respect it. Um, even mm-hmm. the first one wasn't worth watching. So I'm not sure how they got all the way to six, but go them, I guess. There are like we are seeing the continuation of so many reboots and these like movies that are only meant to come out in the summer. They're just meant to make these studios a lot of money, it meant to make these actors a lot of money and just be for the family to come in and watch. And um, even though DeWanda Wise is in the film and all the commercials for the movie obviously seem very enticing, I don't want to watch this movie because A, I'm scared of <laughs> Jurassic Park. 
my god. I genuinely listen, that movie's a horror movie. All right. The CGI in the first one, the way that you girls could never compete with the way that I truly thought dinosaurs came back when I first watched that movie. I truly was like, this is a documentary. Dude, when did the first one come out? I don't know, but oh my gosh, let's look it up. Um Jurassic Park. 1993. Yes. No, 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 Jurassic World. Oh, I guess you're thinking of Jurassic Park, but yeah. I'm thinking of the um, first one, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Jurassic World came out in 2015. Um, Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, I get it. I understand why you don't want to see it. Um, I don't know if there's anything else. Ooh, you know what? I'm going to ask you this on the pod, because I don't care. Uh Uh-oh. So, Atlanta is out right now, and it's about to end. I don't know how I feel about watching Atlanta, but what I did hear was that Bella Hadid is going to join Rami, and I kind of want to watch it, because Mahershala Ali was in Rami season two. I'm still not over Rami season two. I'm still not over it. Rami pisses me off. Have you seen Rami? No, no, I have not. I've purposely okay. not. <laughs> purposely not? Why? Why? I just don't hear anything that I want to watch about it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. When I I watched the show when it first came out, before anyone said anything about it, and then I saw what people were saying about it, and I was like, "Y'all right, you're right." But I'm still gonna see season two, and I watched <sighs> season two, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I." There is something so there's something so interesting about this um, new rise of TV and movie. Like, there's so many films coming out with like millennials. Basically, the whole plot being like. My parents are finally apologizing. I'm healing from generational trauma through this movie that is making all this money. Like, turning red, everything ever all at once, Encanto. And then there are shows like Rami in Atlanta, where men of color have smart ideas and the chance to represent themselves and their communities, which should not be on them. Of course, I understand that. That is a downfall of being creator of color. But then they start doing these things where it's like, we don't ask that much of you. But the one thing you can, the one thing you shouldn't do is disappoint us. The one thing you shouldn't be doing is this. Because what's going on? Why? I can't, like, mm, I kind of wonder what. <laughs> I'm surprised that Mahershala was in Rami Sisa 2. When I saw him, I was like, oh, if you betray my mans, I was just going to be so upset with you. I am not going to be okay. I'm not going to be okay. And guess what? I wasn't okay. No, no, you weren't. I wasn't okay. I wasn't okay. I am kind of interested in season three. Listen, I do kind of want to talk about like Rami in Atlanta and just discuss how like there are careers of color that oftentimes have a good idea and it starts out and they can make great critiques. They can make uh, phenomenal storytelling decisions and it could be creative. It could be amazing and they can still fall short because of their short-sightedness or certain privileges blocking them for understanding the full scope of what you're trying to say. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if anyone's watched Atlanta, you know the scene I'm talking about where the Black girl got mad at that white girl because she was dating the Black guy, and she was unreasonably angry about it. And it's like, nobody acts like this. Black women do not care if white men and Black women date each other. We don't care. You think that we care because you spend too much time on Twitter or you think that we care because you are married to a white woman or Asian woman. I don't know. It's ah, But like, we don't care that much, Donald. You think that we do because you think everybody wants to sleep with you. And it's not that. Okay. So <laughs> I'm waiting for Rami Malik. I'm waiting for Rami to season three to come out. Um, 
there's no word of when season three is going to come out, but Bella Hadid is going to be in season three. And I feel like that's going to be enough to get me to watch it. You are right. <laughs> I do kind of still want to watch Atlanta just because it's been so long since I've seen it. But at the same time, I feel like I kind of want to leave it behind, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, from what I've seen of Atlanta, I don't know how, what, how I'm going to feel about uh, his project with Amazon Prime, you know, Hive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chloe Bailey. I don't... If it turns out to be, like, the Showtime show with Michelle Obama, like, well-intentioned but falls short, I'm going to be very upset. I don't know. I don't, you know? But we'll see. Uh, also, Post Malone released a new album that I'm not going to listen to. Uh, everyone will listen to all, It's Almost Dry by Pusha T. Honestly, one of the best albums to come out this year. Also, Denzel Curry has a new album out. It's very good. If you guys don't know who Denzel Curry is, you need to get on it because Denzel Curry is a phenomenal rapper. He's great. He's very talented. He's like, he's he's doing it. You know, since no one's going to be listening to Donda 2, uh, <laughs> we need to find some oh new God. things to listen to. <laughs> no one's listening. I'm not buying that stupid stem player, Kanye. What do you think this is? Like, stop... He does the most dumb. I can't. I don't understand. Never mind. Let's not talk about that. Um, is there anything? Is there anything else you're fasting on, Glenn? Because I have a few things. Not a few, but like maybe a couple. Uh, I don't think so. Go ahead. Um. Okay. So I wanted to refrain from talking about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial until it was over, and now it's over. Uh, the jury found that both Johnny and Amber had been defamed by the trial. I just want to say. This trial happened because she wrote a 2018 Washington Post op-ed talking about how she was assaulted by Johnny during the relationship and he sued her because of the op-ed. And I don't like that there have been memes. I don't like people have been making jokes. I don't like that people have been taking audio of her crying out of context in court and using it as a TikTok sound. I think it's gross. And this is at the end of the day, a domestic violence trial. And at the end of the day, uh, it was already proven 12 out of 14 counts by the British court that Johnny did abuse Amber Heard. And although she did fight back against it, him, he was the abuser in the situation. And, you know, a lot of people have questions as to why she didn't go to police or why she didn't speak up sooner. And to say that they were a high profile couple and a lot of famous people don't want other people in their business for mundane things. But when you're being abused by somebody who is well known in the industry that you're also in and you want to continue to work in the industry, you're not going to go to the police. Like, you know, and overall, I'm tired. I don't want to see anything trending on Twitter. I don't want to see people talking about TikTok. I'm tired of this. And, you know, I never liked Aquaman to begin with, but the fact that her, all of her scenes are being cut from Aquaman 2 is disappointing because there are plenty of men in this industry who have done worse things, as in men who are literal monsters. And y'all will still ride for them till the wheels fall off. Like the fact that people are still bumping R. Kelly when Usher is around. Like y'all are talking about R. Kelly like he's the only R&B. There are other people who make R&B music. There are other people. Step in the name of love is not that good of a song. Like we can, we can move on, please. And the fact that Marilyn Manson wants to sue Evan Rachel Wood and Brad Pitt is wants to sue Angelina Jolie and Kyle Rittenhouse wants to sue people for libel should show you that there's something very wrong here. And I just want to say, I don't want to be the same size as Kyle Rittenhouse, okay? I don't want to. That means a white supremacist, okay? 
And I'm very, I'm even more pissed off that Johnny Depp has joined TikTok because now I know Charlie D'Amelio, if you do a TikTok dance with Johnny Depp, I might as well delete the app. Ah, I might as well, because I don't know what y'all do. All right, but <laughs> these things, there are things that happen every single day and they just piss me off and they hurt my heart and they make me annoyed and I'm just tired. I, it makes like existing in this world is tiring enough without y'all doing all of this other mess. All right. The good news of the day is that Saucy Santana has a Teen Vogue cover out. He has a Teen Vogue cover story. Shout out to Santana. Mm. Very talented, talking about how, you know, he grew up, his father was a celebrity bodyguard and he became a celebrity makeup stylist and how he never really wanted to be a rapper, but he just came into it and he's grown and he's done so well. He wants to collaborate with Lil Nas and Lizzo and Gucci Mane, which I think would be very interesting. I think him and Lizzo would work really well together. Yeah. I think him and Lil Nas would be great. Gucci Mane is a very interesting collaboration. He also said he wants to work with Trina, which I think would be awesome because Trina is a phenomenal rapper and I would love to see it. So shout out to him. Shout out to Gerard Carmichael for you know coming out in his new uh, HBO special Roth Daniel I have to watch it I have to watch it I've been meaning to watch it I love Gerard Carmichael he is so funny he is truly like I I miss Frick meet the Carmichaels I think that was the show that he had right yeah mm-hmm. Gerard Carmichael is a very talented person and I just need to see everything he's making I need to see everything he's creating I just I have to I want to see him everywhere and I know he's probably living his life and just, you know, doing his own thing. But him, he's so funny. And I love him. Um, shout out to him. Happy birthday to Prince, because today's Prince's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy and, birthday. Um, <clears throat> also want to share that um, actress Moses Ingram, who is on Obi-Wan Kenobi, the new Disney, Disney Plus show, mm-hmm. um, shared news that... Um, she has been receiving a lot of messages on Instagram that have been bullying, been racial abuse. And Ewan McGregor has spoken out saying it broke his heart to hear about the abuse that um, Moses is uh, receiving. He said, there's no place for racism in this world. And I totally stand with Moses. And Ewan, I love you so much. You know, I'm going to say this right now. Dr. Sleep should have gotten a bigger box office uh, open. And, you know, I've always loved you as an actor. I've always said you're amazing. I always said you're great. So, yes. You know, Star Wars fans are going to be Star Wars fans. A lot of them are trash. But uh, I'm happy that Ingram spoke out about it and that she's getting support from her co-stars. And she's also been in a lot of stuff. Like, she was in The Queen's Gambit. Mm -hmm. She was in Ambulance. She was in The Tragedy of Macbeth, Mm -hmm. which more people need to go see. Because Francis Prince Dorman and Denzel Washington... I know it's on Apple TV, but we can make it work, okay? Make it work, you know? Make it work. I, matey, you know what I mean? <laughs> but overall, Moses, I love you. And also, she's very beautiful. And this reminds me that I have to get started on watching uh, The Queen's Gambit. I am incredibly behind. I understand. I know everyone else has already watched it already. Don't kill me. Uh, maybe I'll watch it when season two comes out. And that will, like, push me to watch it. And then, um, yes, Obi-Wan. I'm going to wait till Obi-Wan is over, and then I'm going to start watching it. Uh, yep. Uh, I think that's it. Is that the it for yeah, you? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of I've Been Meaning to Watch That. We really appreciate your support. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, 
TikTok, subscribe to us on YouTube, and like us on Facebook. Uh, you can follow me and Glenn and all of our socials down below in the description. And we will see you guys next week with another episode. Bye, Bye. guys.